taking you on a journey for the pursuit of PPC. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our hosts and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. We're cashing in the clicks with the PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Hey, PPC friends, another episode of PPC Rockstars. And I have with me today one of my favorite rock stars. Um, she rose to fame in uh, a role for WordStream, which was something like uh, in charge of innovation. But we'll ask her about that in a second. And uh, has recently been um, seduced away from WordStream by a company called Hennessy Digital. And of course, I'm talking about Nava Hopkins, Director of Paid Media at Hennessy Digital. Welcome back, Nava. Thank you so much for having me and letting me share uh, my Hennessy Digital perspective with you this time. Cool. And what was your title at WordStream? Uh, it was a weird one. Uh, it was Services Innovation Strategist uh, or kind of a happiness spy. <laughs> Did you say happiness spy? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I kind of worked I, was, I worked with customers, uh, understood what was going on in their accounts that was maybe getting in the way of, of uh, them succeeding, uh, but also troubleshooting where might they be falling down on the product, taking nice. those insights back, um, helping the, the company uh, go in a better direction in terms of product, in terms of where might be my, my clients be falling down on um, account strategies that we can maybe help them in, in that way, but then also um, in public speaking, uh, getting a sense of what is the industry focused on? Like what what should we be uh, building? Uh, how should we be helping our clients? Nice. Uh, and, and this role is, is both more simple, but then also just different and, and, and more work where it's just standing up an agency within an agency, uh, right. leading up the, the paid division of uh, Hennessy Digital. So am I correct in that uh, Hennessy focuses mainly or exclusively on uh, legal? Uh, mainly. Uh, so yes, most of our clients are lawyers. Uh, however, we, we have a couple of folks in the medical industry. We have a couple of folks in the finance industry. Uh, we actually have uh, some hair products. Uh, and I, one of the actually nice things about adding in the paid media component uh, is that we're able to use paid media to parlay ourselves into other industries that we historically may have shied away from just because our, our chops or our tech chops uh, are in the legal industry. So uh, mostly legal, not exclusively legal. Gotcha. Okay. Hair products. Great. So you had the, this is quite a distinction. I just realized you were the first speaker in the first virtual conference put on by the first industry association dedicated to PPC managers. Number one, number one. Yeah. <laughs> and no one can take that away from you. And you did a great job at discussing the quintessential PPC audit list. Yes. So that's what we're going to talk about today, which I think is a, a dynamite topic, and you did a really good job at it. So why don't you just lead us off? What, what, what's on the list? Uh, so it really depends on whether we're building an account from scratch and kind of the order of operations uh, that you go through when building a brand new account versus your auditing an account that you're looking to take over versus you have an account running for a while. Uh, 
uh, and you just want to build that workflow into your day. So for the purposes of this conversation, since it's a, uh, account audit, not account build, uh, we're just going to focus on those latter two. Uh, but if there are any questions that come up once this goes live uh, and people want to either tweet at me or email me and, and, and get some insights, I'm, I'm happy to help. So uh, the very first thing that I like to look at uh, when I'm, I'm beginning an audit uh, is I'll take a look at the campaign settings and see, uh, have we set ourselves up for success from the beginning in terms of budget, in terms of where our ad spend is going to go, in terms of search partners or uh, search with display select? Have we set ourselves up with a mixed media campaign as in uh, not just search with display select, but also a dynamic campaign uh, in the same as a traditional search? Uh, are our location settings, are we setting them to go where we intend for them to go? Uh, things like that. Once I've done that initial audit of settings, I will also look to uh, that bid to budget ratio. So in, in the uh, Pay Search Association conference, I began the conversation with impression share. Um, and the reason why I like impression share so much is kind of that beginning metric is it gives us a sense of what is the world we're looking to operate in. So impression share is of all available impressions, how many uh, are we getting? And so if our budget cannot fit enough clicks in our day, uh, we are not going to have a very large impression share because we're, we're by the budget that we've said we're willing to invest, uh, capping the potential profit. So I like to see what is the average cost per click and what is the top of page estimated CPC or cost per click as well as the absolute top uh, cost per click or CPC? And are those at least 10% of the budget? If they exceed 10% uh, or 10% or less, if they exceed 10%, then we're setting ourselves up uh, for, for a bit of a problem. Wait, wait, now, can, I, can I interrupt you for a second? Sure. Those two metrics, they're hidden, right? You can't see those unless you, what? Yep, uh, yep. So we, we have to go to, uh, I, I call them the three little soldiers. Uh, so if you go in the grid uh, right before you hit the numbers, uh, there, there's the three little soldiers to modify your columns. Um, and under the competitive metrics, it's a little drop down arrow, you'll click that and you'll click in your impression share. Um, you'll click in your uh, absolute top impression share and your top of page impression share. If you wanna see like the full picture, I recommend pulling in your impression share, loss to rank and budget, which are also gonna be in that section. Uh, you'll also wanna pull in under attributes, estimated top of page CPC uh, and estimated absolute top of page CPC. So um, again, for those of you listening at home, uh, it is under attributes, the cost per click metrics for how much your terms are estimated to cost. Under competitive metrics, will be uh, your impression share metrics. So impression share, absolute top of page, uh, top of page, loss to rank, loss to budget. Nice, okay. So um, what's good and what's bad among those? Uh, well, that depends. Uh, okay. The quintessential answer right. is it depends. Mm -hmm. uh, so the average impression share is gonna be around 50%, a little bit less than 50%. And this was based off of data uh, that I, I ran while uh, at WordStream. Uh, it may have changed since then, uh, so don't hold me to it, but at the time it was about 50%. Now, in terms of what I like to see, 
uh, in a healthy campaign is about 75% impression share, um, not 100. Because if you, and, and um, I forget if it was Brad or Fred that made the, the really good point of if you've hit 100% impression share, you have almost made too narrow of a focus. So it's too easy to own the full width and breadth of all that there is. Whereas if you have 75% impression share, um, you know that there's still room to do better. There's still room to grow, um, but you haven't narrowed the focus so much uh, that you're 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 effectively capping yourself not with your budget or your bid, but with your location targeting or your keyword choices. Right. Okay. Uh, once you've checked your impression share, you'll then want to get a sense of where is the budget actually going. Um, is it fairly equally distributed amongst all of your different keywords? Uh, is a single keyword uh, hogging all of the budget? Um, do you have a bidding setting that would incentivize that? Uh, so I made the point uh, during that, that panel on automation uh, that recently Google, uh, and, and to be fair, Bing as well, have been struggling a bit with the automated bidding strategies. Uh, so in terms of uh, Google and, and uh, Bing uh, with COVID uh, and kind of all the different fluctuations that have been going on, I've actually seen, uh, and other folks have reported as well, that automated bidding has been actually been underperforming a bit in relation to manual. So one of the things that you want to check when you're, do you're doing your audit is, is your bidding strategy still working, which would be a setting uh, under the campaigns or the campaign settings? Uh, if you've set yourself up to do a maximized clicks, I would expect to see your impressions, your, your clicks, your budget fairly centralized around maybe one or two keywords in your uh, campaign, as opposed to uh, a maximized conversions or um, even having it on manual. Now, the reason why I've actually been pulling uh, automated bidding off of campaigns, at least recently, is that I've actually been seeing underbidding quite a bit uh, within accounts. So we'll set a budget and it's it's the the keywords are well below that 10% threshold, which means that we're actually underbidding and not serving on that first page. Or we're underbidding and uh, it's just it's not gonna show at all. So if you see that your impression share is say 30% or less odds are you likely need to go uh, to your settings, transition to manual, and be a little bit more manually aggressive on your bid. Hey, let's, let's pause there because we've got a, some messages from our sponsors, but uh, let's remember to pick that up because it's a very important point. Listeners, don't go away. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, 
You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we are back with Nava Hopkins talking about impression sharing. And if it's uh, 30%, here's what you should do. Yep. So uh, if it's below 30%, uh, we want to take a look uh, to see if we are underbidding and maybe transition, if we have a bidding strategy on transition to manual. Uh, to force the issue of being aggressive. Um, typically, you want to, if you're going to do a manual bidding, you'll leave it on for about two weeks. So um, another really good place to begin with audits uh, is to get a sense of how often are we changing certain things within campaigns because you don't want to make too many changes too quickly. Uh, once we have kind of checked the impression share, we've checked our bids, we then want to take a look at our search terms report to see what is the impact of the keywords we've chosen. So you'll notice that in this audit, it starts high level in terms of what is the goal that we've set, uh, what are we budgeting, what are the targets, and then it goes down into the granular details of what are the actual search terms that we're coming up for, what is what is the, the bid. Um, so with close variance or the singular, plural, slight misspellings, one word being turned to two words, two words being turned to one word uh, that are prevalent uh, across all match types. The need to bid on every single keyword has gone away, uh, but you may have chosen the quote-unquote wrong variant for your campaign, i.e. it might force the issue that you have expensive auctions, it might have lower search volume, whatever the, the case might be. So I really strongly recommend uh, when you're auditing your campaigns, make sure that when you go into the search terms report that you go in back to those three little soldiers, uh, uh, pull in uh, the under attributes, the keyword text uh, column, so that you can actually check the keyword that you're actively targeting against the search term that you're uh, paying for. Because sometimes, and this is actually true, um, it, it's a lesson learned from the Hennessy digital world, um, attorney and lawyer at this point are synonymous. You don't, you don't need to bid on both. Uh, but sometimes, because you're so used to one doing better in a market, uh, you'll make an assumption that, hey, attorney crushes it in Chicago. I'm going to just run attorney in Chicago, whereas I know lawyer kills it in Boca. I'm going to just run lawyer in Boca. But for this particular client, for whatever reason, it's the reverse, um, that attorney does better in Boca and lawyer does, does better in Chicago. 
Um, I don't know why a single firm would have branches in, in Chicago and Boca, but in this example, they do. Um, you'd want to use that search term data to understand, hey, for this particular location, I need to transition my keyword to, a, to the other variant. Uh, or use your search terms to back up your assumptions. Hey, I, I assumed, I hypothesized, if, if we want to be a little bit more polite, this would be the right uh, keyword concept to include here. The data has proven it out, it gets to stay. Otherwise, we pause it, transition in the new keyword concept if we feel it has a stronger probability of converting at a rate that, that we're excited about. Hey, can we back up just a little bit? Because I remember, um, I think it was in the PSA Q&A, um, we were talking about manual bid, uh, about uh, automated bidding and what one should do if um, the inclination was to pause the campaign because uh, of the pandemic issue or expected poor results for, for any reason. Yep. And, so uh, this like actually, I cannot overstate the importance of letting a campaign run, even if it's on $5 a day, a dollar a day, something, let it keep running. This actually proved out in, in one of uh, our clients where the client had some parts of their business that they wanted to let keep going um, and other parts that they were like, no, 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 we, we have to pause this. And what ended up happening is that the parts that stayed going during COVID not only didn't suffer any losses in terms of conversions or, or volume, they actually have scaled up and have done better than they've ever done ever. Interesting. Whereas the parts that were paused, um, we actually are having trouble getting the account to spend because Google is having to relearn everything about the account. Mm -hmm. um, relearning that uh, keywords should be given um, a higher quality score. Relearning that um, an ad is, is a value or like a, a, there will be a good click-through rate. So with automated bidding, and we had those campaigns in automated bidding, that's when I was mentioning where it was underbidding we actually could not spend the budget because it was just underbidding. So I had to take the campaign off of um, automated, put it to manual, and uh, we, we now have since rebounded. Um, but it's night and day in comparison between the, the campaigns that were paused that had to really spend some time recovering almost pretty much the whole month of May versus the campaign that was allowed to keep going. Mm -hmm. Hey, I, I derailed you for a second. I'm glad, glad we had that... Uh tangent, but um, let's get back to the audit. Um, what's next? All right. So we've covered our settings. We've covered impression share. So what is what is our available world? Um, I will talk about audiences at the end, but I'd like to talk about ads next. So mm -hmm. after we've looked at our keywords, actually, no, negatives first, then, then ads, then audiences. So we've looked at our keywords. We've identified that we have the right variant in there. Next, we want to take a look at how our, what is our negative situation like? Do we have negative lists applied if we're an agency at the shell level? Do we have them applied at the, the account level, campaign level, ad group level? Are we, bit, are, are we using uh, single word negatives uh, on phrase match? Are we doing entire phrases uh, on exact match? 
So there's a whole bunch of different theories when it comes to negative keywords. I subscribe to, I am lazy, I am busy, I do not want to add all the negatives under the, under the sun. So I look for the root term um, and all the variants of that root term because negatives do not have close variants mm -hmm. and apply that root term on phrase match. If it's wasted spend everywhere in a list. Me too. If it's an ad group um, and it's an ad group level negative and I'm directing like a branded campaign, competitor campaign, and I want to make sure that the branded campaign is the only place where branded queries go, I'd have the branded term as a negative everywhere save for the branded campaign. So that then you'd have um, either ad or campaign level negatives, not necessarily a list. But one thing I actually, I wish was easier um, on uh, the, the Google side, say you see a whole bunch of negative or queries that come in that just, they are the worst. Like you're like, ah, this is terrible queries. Depending on the length of the query, you actually can't add the full query in as a negative. Right. So it actually would serve you better to just take a look through your uh, search terms, maybe even export them, and then use Excel to to do whether you you end up doing a pivot table to just sort out and see like which terms come up, how many. Uh, do a quick uh, filter function and just search search for the different terms. Uh, I, I would do it that way and then just copy and paste the individual words that are the root problem. Right. Uh, once you've done your, your negatives, we then move on to our ad copy. Uh, Google and Bing or Microsoft Ads like to have two expanded text ads and one responsive search ad. The reason why I obey Google or obey Bing, quote unquote, uh, is I've actually seen it play out where if I only have two ads, and I don't have that responsive search ad, I actually see lower performance than if I were to just do the two um, expanded text ads. What's interesting about that is when Google did away with the different um, rotating settings, whether it was rotate evenly, rotate indefinitely, optimize for clicks, optimize for conversions, uh, it actually made it so that if you only have those two expanded text ads, there wasn't the additional learnings to help Google understand that those two ads were really better. So like you'd end up with a single ad that would get the majority of the impressions and clicks because it was really between the two. Where the responsive search ad added a bit of balance to the equation. Also the responsive search ad is a really good place to put kind of wild and crazy ideas that you don't necessarily want to commit to being the core messaging. Good point. So, I, so I like to see that. Um, in terms of the ad copy, we want to make sure that we're, our extensions are ones that we've set. Um, important note here, you can have ads and extensions automatically added into your account without your sign-off unless you turn off that setting. So <laughs> in most cases, you should, or at least you should be aware that it's happening. Uh, sometimes those ads can actually outperform human ads if the human is a lazy copyright. So it just, yeah. it depends on whether you're going to try. But if you go to the, your account settings, which you achieve by going to the campaign uh, or the, the all campaigns, it'll kind of be that main like recommendations and then account settings. 
it's right there. You turn off the auto apply ads after 14 days. Uh, and then with your extensions, you would go under your extensions, automated extensions, all the way over uh, to the right-hand side, those three dots, click those uh, to ch check your settings for um, your automated extensions and then exclude whichever ones you, you don't want to have uh, apply. Right. Um, hey, now that we've got a break for sponsor messages again, so just hold that thought and listeners don't touch that dial. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. And we're back with Nava Hopkins in the last few minutes of the show. Let's cover audiences if we can. Absolutely. Uh, so audiences and conversions, and then I think we'll have covered an audit in an hour, which is crazy. Right. Um, so audiences, your default audiences are going to be based off of your remarketing, but you also can use Google audiences like in-market audiences, um, audiences based off of demographics, things like that. One of the things that really makes me sad is that people do not use audience exclusions nearly as much as they should. Mm. So everyone thinks about audiences as the groups of people I want to actively target. Right. They don't really think about it as... Someone is in market for um, a tangential thing. I don't want to pay for that. Right. Or someone is just looking, like they're a looky-loo. I want to exclude them. So I would really encourage everyone, um, particularly those that are just starting out, do a deep dive into all the audiences that are kind of the default native audiences and see which ones you might want to, as a rule, exclude from your campaigns. And then, of course, uh, we want to sync through our analytics audiences as well. And I can include a link to go with this podcast uh, for a tutorial on that. I'm not going to even pretend to try to walk you through the analytics Google in, um, interaction. We'll, we'll stay in a single window uh, for that. Um, but what I do want to make sure we can touch on uh, is audience customization. So a lot of times people used to build out campaigns and ad groups and ads simply 
because they they needed to create different messaging for different personas. Mm-hmm. But if the messaging was effectively the same, save for like a slight difference, there's no reason to build out all those additional ad groups, all those, those additional campaigns. So you can use something called an ad customizer, which is actually super simple to do, uh, where you start typing that if statement in your ad copy, and you'll be prompted to add in that audience. So audiences are not just about targeting, they're also about that customization of message. Um, Do we have time to talk about conversions? Yeah, go ahead. Perfect. Uh, So conversion tracking is mission critical. We all know it's super important. Sometimes it's actually really difficult to implement though. So for those of you that are SEOs first, PPC second, you likely will want to use analytics conversion goals and import those over into Google. Um, which you will do under that little wrench tool section conversions, that plus import or add in conversions, and then check your analytics. Once you've linked your analytics for the uh, audiences, it's you're, you're already set for the conversions. You would just select which goals you'd want to import over. For those of you that just want to use native conversions, you're going to go ahead and create those conversion actions. We want to make sure that the conversion window we've set is in line with our product offering. So for example, me looking for uh, a new chew bone for my two adorable dogs, I don't really need a 90-day conversion window. I've probably made up my mind within like a couple of days versus me looking to refinance uh, my mortgage. There might be a little bit more research there or uh, me looking uh, to, I don't know, Uh, go back to school, um, kind of weighing that decision in in the application process. So you want to be mindful about what your industry is, how long that point of consideration is, as well as what attribution model you're on. Last click attribution uh, is is not really ideal in most scenarios, save for remarketing or maybe uh, branded campaigns potentially. Really what we want to focus on is if we can, we have enough conversion data, a database attribution, or a time decay or position base. And just to define those for uh, for those that may not know, position based divides 40% and 40% of the credit for the conversion to the first touch and the last touch, with the remaining 20% going to everything else. Uh, time decay gives the most to the last action before the conversion, and then it's a decay down. So depending on how many steps you have in in your conversion path, how many different channels you have running, you may prefer one over the other, but those are my two favorite. And I look to see what kind of attribution model is on uh, when I'm auditing an account. Good. Hey, we have um, less than 60 seconds left. May I give listeners your email address since I have it right in front of me? Please give them that Nava at Hennessy.com email address. Of course. Nava at Hennessy.com. And of course, Hennessy is spelled with two, two N's and two S's. And then uh, your Twitter handle is Nava F. You got it. F, F is in Frank or Fuchs, you know, let's say. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Nava. Um, really appreciate your, I, I don't can't remember whether this is your second or third appearance. It's my but second, it, but I appreciate you letting me know that I'm welcome back for a third. Oh, of course you are. Definitely. We have, I'm getting emails right now saying, when's Nava coming back? So thank you very much. And listeners, thank you for sticking with us for another episode of TPC Rockstars. 
The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.